Oh boy, does it feel good to be back. Uh, hello everyone, this is Harry Gustafson, and I am very happy to be premiering a new season of the Austin Pudding Podcast. The Pudcast. Austin Pudding presents the Pudcast, sponsored by Polar Seltzer. Not really, but Polar Seltzer. If you would like to come on and sponsor us, then we would be happy to promote the products of Polar Seltzer. Yeah, I'm shilling for Polar now. Uh, it's the only brand, pretty sure the only brand I show loyalty to. Anyway, <laughs> kind of meandering here. Uh, you know, you know how I do. I've, uh, have I expressed before how weird it is to speak to like a disembodied audience of like, I don't know, like 15 people are listening to this. Maybe, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe we'll get up to, well, this'll, this'll be a, this'll be a 40 year. This'll be a 40 person download episode because it's the season premiere season two, baby. And to kick things off, I have a, you know, we closed on a two-parter with, with Pink Navel at the end of season one. And so I'm going to open with a two-parter that's also similarly just, there's no point to it. You know, in the vein of Seinfeld, there's episodes about nothing. I went down to the record company a recording studio in Dorchester by the, by the South Bay shopping plaza and sat down with Hassan Barclay. And every time we get together, it's an absolute riot. And we just, I don't know, we just, I, I can't remember what's in this episode versus what's in the next episode, because it's been a little bit since I edited them. Uh, it's been like a week or two. But yeah, I have a, I have a few interviews already recorded. That'll be the first couple episodes of season two. You know, I've got a couple in the, in the, tank right now that are like ready to go so i'm that's i'm itching to get this this season going uh it's been like personally it's been a very weird break i don't know among the people listening how many of you like know me personally or whatever but um you know well <laughs> you know we sort of a couple days before new year's in 2021 uh i posted the the season finale of season one. Uh, it was such a great first season. We got nominated for a fucking award. Um, you know, we were riding high. Everything was coming up Millhouse. Close wrapped on season one. And then in January, uh, my my dad passed away. And I'm, you know, it's March. I'm recording this uh, March 21st. And that's, you know, it's still very fresh and so that's kind of delayed the process of getting this season out grief's grief's weird man uh i don't really this podcast has never been about i've never wanted it to be about me and so i don't really want to get into you know too much personal stuff but um yeah it's a it's a weird time and uh you know but this uh <laughs> i'm glad i've resumed work on this because it gives me something to keep my mind occupied. And uh, like I said, I, I'm like really, really excited just, you know, to kind of preview some of the stuff we've got going on. Uh, I'm, I'm talking to a band from Nigeria this season. I'm continuing to branch out into like 
genres that we haven't covered yet that like I know I really loved, but maybe haven't covered yet because I feel like season one we got a good amount of like hip hop and R and B covered, uh, which I'm still gonna continue with because love it. But um, we're getting more into like art, like art folk and and uh, you know this band from Nigeria does like um, like Afrobeat hip hop R and B and then um, oh I, I'm I'm gonna also have a couple episodes where I can I'm not even talking to a musician it's gonna be a, an artist of another medium got some of those coming up and you know I and I have like a lot of you know, there's what I already have recorded and there's who else I have to reach out to. Yeah. So like when I think about it, you like, I think you can hear it in my voice right now. I'm getting much, much quicker, you know, compared to talking about my dead dad, like two minutes ago, like now I'm up, let's go. Like I got some pep back, baby. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's my, it's my morbid sense of humor. So I feel really grateful. I'll start with that because, you know, you hear stories about people who who lose loved ones and you know the last thing you know the last their last the last time they spoke it was like a it was like a fight or or a disagreement or something stupid and petty um and uh you know I didn't I didn't have that so my dad died completely unexpectedly out of the blue um but two days before he died, uh, you know, I, I had talked to him and it was a very casual conversation, you know, nothing out of the ordinary, but he was asking about this podcast and about, you know, the award that it had been nominated for. And, uh, you know, he was just wanted to make sure that I was going to keep doing it. And, and he told me that he's he was proud of me and um that he loved me and uh yeah so i'm just gonna dedicate this season of the podcast to my dad um anyway i am really really looking forward to you guys hearing season two of Boston's favorite podcast, which is not an officially recognized title that we have, but I don't think anyone can stop me from saying it. All right. Uh, <laughs> here's uh, me and Hassan Barclay. Enjoy.
I've made multiple episodes. I've made like lightsaber noises, and <laughs> so there's gonna be a whole bunch of me making lightsaber wishes. Like the actual sound, or you're making it with your voice. I'm making it with my oh, with my mouth. Yeah, yeah. All the all the sounds so far are just like people's noises yes. or like like a weird like throat clear or like a. Anyway, uh, I am here with Hassan Barclay. We're at the record company in what is this? South Boston is where it's like behind that. What part of Boston is this? This is like South Boston. It's, <laughs> it's on the uh, like border of South Boston, Back Bay, and Dorchester. So they just kind of made up their own name for it. They call it New Market now. That's their okay, gentrified yeah, yeah. name for it. But yeah, this is Southie. Yeah, because it's like yeah. we're behind that like South Bay shopping plaza that right. I've been to like once. Oh, really? <laughs> Damn, I grew up over there. Okay. I grew up going in there. There was a Toys R Us there, there forever. Was, there was a Toys R Us. I think that's the one time I ever went here. Oh, Because you wow. could see it from the highway. It's great marketing. Because yeah. I'd just be in the car and be like, damn, I want to go to Toys R Us. That and the fucking storage <laughs> facility with the fucking uh, inflatable block on it. The inflatable lock. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also along this stretch, it's so sad now because it's still there. But the, the Orca mural... That they it's have, hidden. Yeah, <laughs> they built. At, yeah, why would they do that? I don't know. I. Yeah, that, that's like it's so it's so sad because yeah. you can still see it from like an angle. How can that's you take that highway. away? <laughs> it's for us. Yeah. Yeah. Now there's no good angle to see that. Somebody sees like an orca's eye from their window now. <laughs> for nothing. <laughs> I feel like that's one of the like who lives in that building, you know. There's too many of those buildings, and none of them are affordable. And I, like, I don't know who who the hell lives there. Comment below if you live there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wanna I wanna talk to that whole building. Be like, I do a podcast. I'm just knocking on the door outside. I want to talk to you for my podcast. <laughs> but yeah, how have uh, how have you been in a uh, quarantine season three? Kicking Fuck. Off. <laughs> <laughs> it's really season three. That's yeah. crazy. I know. Um, they keep renewing it, and everyone's like, well, "Nobody hate, wants I hate this. this show. Cancel this show." <laughs> <laughs> the ratings suck. I've been doing good. Um, it's weird because I felt the most optimistic that I felt in my whole life in this part of my life, which is very strange. Yeah. Like everything seems like it's collapsing, but I feel like I'm thriving in that because I just grew up around so much collapse. So. <laughs> I feel very seen right now because, like, I feel like personally, like, things are going pretty well. Yeah. But then, like, everywhere I look, like, my friends are having a bad time. And, yeah. like, the you know, the world seems to be on fire. But, like, hey, you got to, like, I don't know. You got to, like, distance yourself mentally from, like, what you can and can't, like, handle directly. Yeah. It's really important because if you, if you try to take control of, like every single thing going on in the world you're always gonna fail like you can't you can't be a superhero that way yeah like we don't have the power to do all of that that falls in the collective power but like we're all being affected so strongly from this pandemic that it's hard for us to even think it just feels like i've focused more on myself in like not a selfish way but just in a realistic way like Okay, if I I have the space, I'm in the house. Like during the lockdown, I was in the house, so I had the time to just sit with myself, 
and see where I was at mentally and physically and career wise and all of these things. And like, it was kind of like I was overthinking, but I was channeling the focus of that overthinking into the right places. And it just became not underthinking, but what's <laughs> whatever the medium ground is, medium thinking. Thinking Regu- just, just enough. Thinking. <laughs> like the, the requisite amount of thinking mm-hmm. uh, to just like handle your own stuff. Right. I mean, I think that's like all you could. So what are some of the things that you've been working on? I know you, you're working here yep. and, and also getting to record here a lot. But yep. I know you've been like super active on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> and I love those videos. Yeah, that was uh, those videos came out of me wanting to get out during the lockdown. There was nothing going on and it felt like nobody was outside. I was wrong. There were a lot of people outside, but I don't know. I just uh, I didn't have a mask like we couldn't get in N- N95 masks. They were all out of commission like they, they weren't making them. There was a lockdown <laughs> on that, too. Apparently, like when the toilet paper was out, the masks were out. So I looked on YouTube and saw this little 13 year old making a ninja mask, quote unquote, with his t shirt. <laughs> and I just did that and went out <laughs> and started making those videos. And they were very therapeutic because I would just be in the Arboretum, just sitting there for like four or five hours recording, like in a fraction of that time. And I just spent all of that time with myself, with the phone on a tripod, just in the middle of the woods playing guitar. Or the drum machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It's very therapeutic. It sucks in the winter because it's like too cold to go out there. But that's why I uh, appreciate the record company too, because I just come in here and just do the same thing. It's different, but I can still get that outlet, that creative outlet. How often do you like get out to and? Because I know you're big into making like sample packs of uh, like sounds that you you're recording yourself or like creating with like you like kind of foley type stuff yeah um i know you did one a couple years ago that like you're it's just all kitchen appliances (laughs) yeah and also for um what was what was the organ the the save the harbor save the bay yeah beats on the beach on the beach yeah Yeah. yeah. that That was fun yeah i worked with uh jimena on that um who's been on the show yeah she's great yeah i love jimena (laughs) <laughs> that's the fam yeah that project was really dope we just went to castle island no it was spectacle island and yeah just found some beach sounds used a contact mic just knocked on shit <laughs> made beats out of it yeah i love just making music out of any sound i can find like i don't know if this will pick up all my joints crack i was just recording that the other day <laughs> and it came out oh. crazy yeah. We're getting some ASMR. Yeah, this some is the ASMR. first ASMR episode. ASMR joint cracks. It's <laughs> going to be, I'm going to like be cringing when I go to edit this. Cause I'm like, sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's, it's real. It's uh, raw and authentic. It's <laughs> any, t- I'm one of those people. It's like anytime, like, so my joints do not crack easily. And anytime they do, I'm like, ah. Uh. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> It's a but lifestyle. That, <laughs> I mean, I can hear it like being really good as like per cut, like clicks and snaps and stuff on a on top of a beat. Yeah. Or I'll like tune it down and make it like something else, like a crazy drone or some shit. Ooh. Yeah. You can go to wild places. Yeah. I, uh, 
I love doing that. During my downtime at, at work, I've started, because there's a lot of downtime and they don't really care what you do. Like you're like encouraged to watch Netflix because nice. it's like, yeah, do, do something. Like don't just sit and stare at the wall. Right. But I will just like open Ableton and I'll like download like an old song, like an old like 50s soul song or something. Legally. YouTube to wave, baby. Because <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how... Because, um, yeah, my, my grandfather used to have these, like, like bet the sound of the the sound of the 50s. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, a bunch of good good tracks from yeah. there, like Johnny Mathis stuff. I've, I'm like, Johnny Mathis oh, is I gotta good get as hell. Johnny Mathis again. Um, but, yeah, I'm just like, let me just get a bit of this and, like, slow it way down and, like... The inspiration for this sort of came from like Twin Peaks: The Return, the like <laughs> yeah. finale, like the last episode. I didn't get that far. All right, so without there being any spoilers or whatever, right? Because uh, I don't even know how you would spoil that show. It's just like too weird. There's to no like, way to spoil it. Yeah. Really. Uh, there's a, a sex scene between Coop and Diane, uh, who's played by Laura Dern in The Return. Um, okay. But it's like there's an old like one of those old like fifties duopy soul songs, and it sounds like really sweet and romantic. But then it's like David Lynch, who does like most of his own sound design and like soundtrack shit. Yeah, he like fades in this like just unsettling drone, and it just like <laughs> alternates between those two like moods, uh, and you're just like this is so weird. Yeah, um, you know as. David Lynch makes you feel right, um, and I was like, "Ah, oh, I love that." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that fucking vibe. Uh, I feel like there's like a sustained drone all the way through like the last act of Mulholland Drive. Ethereal whooshing. Yeah, <laughs> like unbreaking. I feel like I gotta. I don't want to watch it again. Honestly, <laughs> uh, I love. I will always. It's like a top. That's like a desert island movie for me. I have to like be in the mood to watch it. <laughs> it's like too much. I showed it to my mom a couple months ago. That <laughs> was my mom. She liked it a lot. Yeah. I was like, hell yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She it, stuff like that is usually iffy for her. Um, like anything with like sort of a horror-y tinge, but like Mulholland Drive isn't like horror horror. It's like it's like know. cringe horror. Yeah, yeah, it's it's or it's like weird suspenseful stuff, and she actually kind of likes that. Yeah, yeah. She was like, "Oh, that got me thinking," because I was trying to explain the whole like Mobius strip, uh, like narrative setup. Yeah, where it just like sort of feeds into itself, but there isn't like a logical like breaking point or anything. Right, like the dream logic idea. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, "Wow!" And then the next day, she was like. Oh, I'm still thinking that movie was so cool. Yeah, it'll make you think. <laughs> I feel that way about Jacob's Ladder. That's a movie I talk about a Ooh, lot. Ooh, I've only seen that one, but that's the one with like Tim Robbins, right? Yeah. Apparently, they remade it. Okay. Not good. I mean, they're just they're <laughs> just going through the list of like they're running out of things to remake. I feel. I'm excited to see the end of that. Like, how bad is it going to get? What's the actual <laughs> end point where they're like, all right, we got to stop. <laughs> I don't know that they will because if you go back be. to like the 30s and 40s people were just obsessed with making like yeah. people were uh, fucking obsessed with I- IP still because it was like all the, the gothic horror, property, yeah. horror stuff 
uh, like Frankenstein and Wolfman and from Dracula. Books. How many movies in like the from like 1920 to like 1950 were like Dracula movies? Too many. Bela Lugosi can never die. <laughs> yeah, no way. Like we won't let him. We'll just reanimate Bela Lugosi forever. Fuck you, Bauhaus. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, I'm surprised there's no uh, Bella Lugosi NFT yet. I'm gonna look that. Up. <laughs> uh, it's definitely an NFT. Oh, Bauhaus can end an NFT game. Of course. Uh, d- is that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I see it from Rolling Stone. All right. Right. I bet he has a bored ape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I love my favorite part about NFTs is how like you can still see them. <laughs> yeah, you know, I didn't buy it, but I've seen plenty of NFTs. Yeah, it's like cool. You can look up every single version of it. <laughs> you can collect them all with your eyes and by right clicking. Event- yeah, eventually we're just gonna make movies into NFTs that, like, one theoretically, like one person owns, but everyone can see for whatever reason. And it's kind of like, what was the purpose of this? Yeah, new format like that's. Is that going to break IP? No. I feel like there is potentially a lot of copyright issues within NFTs because, like, yeah. a lot of the NFTs that get sold have, like, famous characters mm-hmm. in them that are IP for somebody else, but just, like, this graphic designer or artist or just someone with, like, MS Paint, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, edited Waluigi, like... I don't know, doing God knows what. Did I ever tell you my theory about Waluigi and Wa- uh, Wario? No. <laughs> but I'm down. They're Portuguese. <laughs> like, oh, because Mario and Luigi are Yeah, down. they're just alternate. They're like the same people, but in a different country. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're Iberian doppelgangers. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I'm trying to go to Portugal in a couple months just for yeah. like I want a vacation. It's been a while. <laughs> Saving yeah. up for it. We all but I'll keep an vacation. eye out for them. Yeah, please. You got to find yourself. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite characters, not ca- it's a real person, but like just one of you know how everybody that you see online is just sort of a character now, like an it's, archetype. It's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Antifa Waluigi from like <laughs> the protests in in summer 2020 is that a person yeah you weren't careful is that yeah, the dude who did wearing, the kick he, he's wearing like a full waluigi like <laughs> cosplay getup. okay but he he was like attending like going and like mocking <laughs> like pro-trump and like pro-police moms yeah <laughs> wow uh, <laughs> the guy fox mask but it's waluigi yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing all right um any other theories about Nintendo verse characters? Yes. Okay. So they're doing the Mario movie. Chris Pratt. <laughs> Chris Pratt is just not the person who should be no. playing that. It, honestly, it should be James Gandolfini. He should be Mario. R.I.P. Right. But yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. That would be or fucking what's his name? Oh, what's his name? The guy. Danny DeVito. No. Ah, uh, no. Danny DeVito could do it. That would be perfect well, because they have Charlie, Charlie yeah. and Luigi. It would be so good. It's so obvious. Just get all the Always Sunny people <laughs> <laughs> to do all of that. Yeah. Get D to be fucking Peach. No. Yeah, she could be Peach. No, what was I gonna say? If they're trying to do what they're what it seems like they're trying to do, they should just do the end game 
of that series with Smash Brothers. Do the Smash Bros movie. Oh hell yeah! And just bring everybody together. Hell Sonic, yeah! Put Sonic in it. Put fucking. You don't need Snake an Infinity in Gauntlet because you have like the Master Hand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh See that I would actually watch. Yeah. This I everybody would watch. Not that. gonna have any idea how that movie goes. Like the one they're actually making. Yeah. Because what? I, I mean, had what? an idea for a Mario Kart movie, but they kind of did it with Space Jam. So it would kind of be like, it would be that. Damn it. <laughs> People get caught up in a, in a game. Speaking of IP. Exactly. I'll get back to that in a second, actually. That All be. right. Yeah, it would be the race, but like it would be real people in the audience. And on the track, it would be like video game Mario. And like people would just be reacting in real time to like the video game shit happening. Like, <laughs> <laughs> did you just die? <laughs> but if you shot like Speed Racer. Yeah, yeah. I, that's honestly that just popped in my head. Yeah, uh, they should just made on Speed HBO Racer. Max. <laughs> they should have just made Speed Racer two instead of The Matrix. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Speed Racer is it's worth a revisit. Yeah, it's really good. They put their foot in that shit. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, back to Space Jam. Yes, before I forget, <laughs> always. I feel like that movie would have been way better if they did one thing differently. If they changed Don Cheadle's character's name to HBO Max, I think <laughs> that would have changed everything. Like they did in, because uh, the new Matrix movie, the first, like, uh, spoilers for the new Matrix movie, if you're listening, I don't mm-hmm. give a fuck. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> listeners, <laughs> I assume you've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. The first 45 minutes are just like, like meta commentary on like having to do a, a reboot of like, it's not even like subtle meta commentary. They're like, it's pretty heavy handed. Warner Brothers is, <laughs> and I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> they should have had more Adult Swim influence on that, or just like, I feel like Lana should have got like a younger, absurdist writer to like do even more meta commentary. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like they could have gone they deeper into got the... Tim and Eric to write yeah. the first act, <laughs> honestly, or like Eric Andre or some shit. And, like, I don't know. Morpheus kind of went into Morpheus Dorpheus territory <laughs> when he took the pill. <laughs> but, yeah. I don't know. I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah. I thought it was cool. Yeah. I'm, like, never not down for a Matrix movie. I I love Revolutions just as much as I love the first one. Dude, I still haven't even seen Revolutions. <laughs> I lo- a lot of people are like, no, that's the worst one. I'm like, what other Matrix movie has a goddamn mech suit fight? Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. I mean, it seems like the last half of the movie is like a Dragon Ball Z fight. Basically, yeah. I got to watch it. It's it's the first <laughs> half is Gundam and the second half is Dragon Ball Z. That's the context I needed when I was like 13 to yeah. see it. Yeah, I like when I was 12 and they like came out like the sequels, I was like, "No, these suck." But having revisited them, I'm like, oh, "I fucking love this trilogy." I like this Reloaded. Reloaded is sick. I liked Reloaded, yeah. It was just nonstop action. <laughs> Fuck with that. <laughs> I feel like uh, the first Deadpool movie kind of reminded me of that. Mm. Reloaded. I mean, there was a lot of highway violence. So it's like, yeah. Love a good highway chase, though. Right, yeah. Did you play Enter the Matrix? I did. I had that shit. <sighs> that I had all so the cheat codes, like, too. Yeah, that because that was like, that filled in so much of the other side. Of like what was going on in Reloaded and Revolutions, right? Actually, I think because of that, I just felt like I didn't even need to see Revolutions. I yeah, I wish they had like made a movie 
about Naomi and Ghost a little more because like they were so sick in those games. Yeah, and like because they flesh him out like perfectly. Yeah, it also explained because like like Naomi is there for that car chase on the highway. Yeah, and I think in the movie she just sort of appears there, and. I love that planning of just like, yeah, we're just going to make you like play this game to find out like how the fuck did she get there. Right. You know what other game did that really well that I've been reading up on a lot lately? You remember the movie The Warriors? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever play that game? No, but I hear it's really good. Yeah, it's one of the best beat-em-ups ever made. Hell yeah. Because they took like, it came out like maybe 2004 or five, and like beat-em-ups hadn't been a thing like for like, almost 10 years but they took everything that they learned from beat-em-ups from the past like 20 years and crammed it all into that game and then got all the voice actors back from the original movie oh, and hell yeah. added more context to like how the warriors got together and like what happened years before up into the part where cyrus got shot and then afterwards okay they like recontextualized the whole movie with that game Okay, so they kind of like fleshed out like the different gangs a little more? A little more, yeah. Nice. It's really cool. real wonky. I, that's the best way to like access old games now is just yeah. like walk, 
watch a YouTube playthrough. Yeah, I do that with movies too. I don't really have the time anymore to just like <laughs> sit through all of it. So yeah. <laughs> I'd rather just watch somebody talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it's interesting how like that's become more and more popular. I'm not gonna play this game myself, but I will watch someone else play it. Right. Uh, I do that with Resident Evil games. Yeah. So I'm like, I love horror movies, and I love watching them, but I like I don't like playing them as much. Mm. Like whenever I have to do it, I'm like, no, I don't want. <laughs> <This> yeah. This <laughs> <laughs> is horrible. It's stressful. But I'd rather like watch someone else who like knows all the moves and can make it a very easy experience. <laughs> right. Uh, I feel that. I did like playing Resident Evil 2, though the remake. That shit oh was yeah, yeah, fucking nuts. Did they do a remake of four too? No, they should. Okay, I they think should do that. They just like ported it somewhere. They I ported think... it to VR, like Oculus. Oh, which you... is cool. Oh, yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah. I have no interest in that. But... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't want to be more in that world. No, it's fucking terrifying. <laughs> the guy with the chainsaw. I don't. The, want the that. first time I heard that chainsaw in the game, uh, like you hear it because you're like in you're barricaded distance. in a house and you hear a chainsaw and you're just like no. Oh fuck! Yeah, <laughs> and I think at that point they give you like like a stronger like uh, I think they give you a, a shotgun. The shotgun, yeah. yeah. And you're just like, oh, some shit's about to happen. Right, shotgun versus chainsaw. That's a stressful yeah. match, especially depending on the shotgun. You got two shots. Yeah, <laughs> I remember when that came out. I was like eleven or twelve, and I asked my cousin to do it for me. Yeah. Like like I got to a point in the game where I was like, yo, can you do this? And he was like, nah, you're you're missing the point of the experience. You gotta do it. This is the and spice to this of day, life. I'm like, no, I was right. Cause like I would rather I wanna see what happens. Yeah. But I don't really want to have to be <laughs> the one responsible for getting like finding a solution to this this problem. Right. Damn. It reminds me of the uh I felt that way, honestly, with the uh the giant fish in the lake. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like popped up out of nowhere, and it's like, how the fuck am I supposed to beat this? <laughs> once, once like people's like upper torsos and heads started exploding, and like the bugs mm. were like flailing out, I was like, oh, this this is getting to a point where like it got real crazy. I didn't finish the game because at a certain point, you you're no what is the main character Leon? Leon, yeah, yeah. Um, you switch from him to the the girl Ada, yeah, yeah. But she can't. You just have to like run, and she can't use like weapons really. She's, yeah, you just have. To, and I was like, this is this is it. Like I'm done with this. That's frustrating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there was one thing when I actually had like weapons, although the sh- I oh, I hate the shooting mechanics in that. It's so frustrating. Yeah, they're old school because you can't move and shoot. Like you have to like stop to aim, and they like they knew what they were doing because it makes it so you have to like like you know, strategize each shot yeah but also like if you have to run away you can't like you can't be shooting while you're running right oh uh, all right just talking about it is like he's uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, up the anxiety right <laughs>
I miss the the days of RPGs where you had like a an alignment. Good versus bad. Yeah. yeah. That was a big thing back then. Yeah, I remember I like Fable that. was like the big one. I was gonna say yeah, because yeah. Fable it was like it changed how you looked. Yeah, uh, if you were too evil, you'd start growing like horns, and your skin yeah. would crack, and your eyes would glow. But if you were really good, then you'd get like a halo, and you'd start glowing. And I I miss that. You <laughs> need that motivation. Yeah, <laughs> for for today. <laughs> but you, I did a I did a run on Fable like specifically with the intention of being as evil as possible. Yeah, of course. But then I I. 180 like halfway through because I was like I don't I don't like doing this like yeah like you have to go out of your way to be extra evil to get like really evil they don't make it super easy right where like being good is like really easy like there's obvious good decisions they try to make you they try to skew you good yeah from the beginning but (laughs) it's an interesting experiment (laughs) yeah (laughs) so correction Grogu is a Cape Verdean drink okay yeah. I wonder if they just like it's weird what words in Star Wars they've just like taken from actual words. Yeah. And which cuz like how many wacky names are there in the Star Wars universe and then the main character is Luke. It's his fucking last yeah, name. It's Luke. <laughs> like his best friend's name is Han. Han. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I mean, I guess Han's like a Chinese name, so that's yeah. like but Han Solo is not Chinese. No. No. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. It's Harrison Ford. Uh, <laughs> you hear about this uh, Tommy Lee movie? It's Pamela Anderson, Tommy Lee movie on Hulu. Oh, you know what? I heard a little bit about it. Think, Who's playing them? Uh, I think it's Lily James is playing Pamela Anderson. Okay. And fucking the Winter Soldier is playing Tommy Lee. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sebastian yeah. Stan. <laughs> uh, is it out already? I think it is, actually. Is, is it focus on, like, the the boat video? Is that what it's about? Yeah, it focuses on how it got stolen. Well, they already made that movie. Did they? <laughs> yeah, the video. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's already documented. Yeah. It's, so that's how far down the list of, like, IP that we've gotten. Yeah, <laughs> the, actually. Where it's just, yeah. like, now we're making movies about, like, sex tapes. It's like, here's, here's like, a 10-minute sex tape. Let's make, like... A three-hour movie yeah. on it. <laughs> A four, a six-hour miniseries on it. I'm sort of, at this point, I'm against a lot of, uh, like, biopic type stuff. Because yeah. I'm just like, it feels like Hollywood masturbation where, like, especially with music ones. Because yeah. it's like, who wants to, I don't want to watch a two-hour impression of, like, of somebody, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's fair. I felt that way about the Beatles documentary, too. In a sense. Not really that sense specifically. More that it was just very intrusive. Yeah. Like you saw it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah I re- was... I really liked it, but I it liked was it definitely a lot. Like, like they they like agree that's kind of what they wanted to do, but then it ended up being like, I feel like the camera crew being there maybe exacerbated some of the tension. Definitely. But it's also I think the point of it was that there was a lot because the original documentary that came out. like when that album came out yeah made it look like this is the shit that broke the Beatles up yeah when seeing it like in much more context and with extended footage they still looked like they were having a good time most of the time they were trying to make it work yeah yeah Uh, I believe it's like the Abbey Road sessions after that that were more tense really Uh, that's what I've read yeah that makes sense because they couldn't really like 
that's when they couldn't really agree as much. I mean, they already broke up at the end of that one. Yeah. At the end of Let It Be, Get Back. Yeah. Like, Abbey Road was intended to be like, all right, well, let's do, like, one more for us. Yeah. The way they want to do it. Yeah. yeah. And then call it a day. It makes sense. I feel like that was a better closer for the Beatles. Yeah. So Get Back was just like, it seemed like an experiment. Do a live album. <laughs> yeah. After, like years of not playing <laughs> together yeah a live out but also like recording all at once rather than like all this extra like production stuff that they had come to like really like pioneer in a lot of ways yeah but yeah it's like they weren't playing live because like how can you play shit from sergeant pepper's live without like an orchestra section there and, yeah like, they didn't really have like samplers yet so like how do you play like guitar recordings but like backwards right yeah, it was the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's also, like, we can do that in the studio, but, like, live doesn't work. Yeah. Also, the manager died. Yeah. And he was, like, their father figure. And they were still, like, kids. They were, like, our age when they were doing, at that point in the Get Back documentary. Yeah. I can't even imagine, like, being a 15-year-old. Yeah, I don't like, think they were, like, 30 yet, which is where I'm at. Yeah. They were probably, like, 28, 29. Yeah. yeah I think so. But, like, just imagining that after, like, being sync level celebrities in like the early 60s and then they probably felt old yeah yeah but their dad died <laughs> so it's like they have no focus that's why it, it kind of hit me when like you could see paul trying to hold it together but like it's just not happening yeah because like even he was saying in the documentary that like he's wasn't comfortable he was like i don't want to have to be like the one trying like poking everybody to do their jobs yeah. but like no one is and mm -hmm. we're all like on different pages it's probably for the best you know that they broke up definitely like have you ever seen the the footage of like the mini 90s reunion no i saw the video the song that they put out around them yeah they put out like two songs yeah and then there's a little like like paul george and ringo like hanging around and they're all like in their mid-40s at that point and wearing how a middle-aged person would look in the 90s yeah and it's not it yeah it wasn't it yeah <laughs> it's like john's probably my least favorite one but like the energy's different like without all four of them there yeah he he had the snark that like pulled it all together paul's snark is like too digging george is like very sensitive and like ringo just mm -hmm. doesn't give a fuck yeah, just Ringo, there to be yeah. there. I just want to. I just want to play drums. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some of my favorite scenes in that documentary were just him sleeping. Yeah. I just like, I love when he when like Paul was practicing like "Oh Darling" or "Let It Be," and Ringo's just like, I would just listen to a couple hours of him playing. It's yeah, right. so good. <laughs> he said some shit like to the director when he said something to him. He's like, maybe it should just be an audio documentary. Yeah. <laughs> he really doesn't give a fuck. But yes, I love a good documentary, but I don't want to see like if that would they were trying to do like a biopic about that cuz the benefit of the doc that documentary specifically was that it was like 9 hours long. Yeah. Cuz they got like it's the Lord of the Rings guy. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's going to make 3 3 hour in fucking 4K. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if it was just like they got like four British actors not one of them's not even British. It's right. like the American. You can tell which one's American. <laughs> yeah. Because it would either be like 
Uh, I feel like for a Beatles biopic, they would get unknowns. Yeah, they would have to. Yeah. Because who would want to see <laughs> playing John Lennon is Chris Pratt. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> he's in everything. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would suck. It would be so bad. <laughs> yeah. First he was Mario, then he was Garfield. <laughs> what legacy will he destroy next? Was he Garfield? He's he's voicing Garfield in uh, another Yeah, it was like announced like a couple weeks after the Mario thing. Wow. <laughs> it's like wait. <laughs> that's that's also terrible casting. Like what is what is Hollywood's obsession with Chris Pratt right now. Sure, the first Guardians movie is fun. Yeah. And like when he was fat on Parks and Rec, he was funny. <laughs> yeah. It was like as soon as Hollywood decided, like, let's make him an action star and make him like gain a bunch of muscle and get like stereotypically hot. Yeah. He he's no longer funny. And yeah. he's just like now weirdly like probably a Trump voter. Yeah. I don't know if I'm. No, I'm he's pretty not sure. <laughs> yeah. Pretty no, sure I'm pretty he... sure he is. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. He's like not likable Paul Rudd. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, he's still got a few years because Paul Rudd's like in his 50s and still like. Wow. Is, yeah. Still yeah. looks super young and is still just like an enjoyable person. Yeah. Where, I don't know, Chris Pratt is, like, obviously not really enjoyable, completely misused, yeah, uh, and just dull and <laughs> uninteresting. Yeah. I'll never forget the tweet where he's like, I'm, I was in New York and this Guido threw up on my shoes. It's <laughs> <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> oh, you're that racist? <laughs> you're, like, 1910s racist? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, dream Beatles biopic casting. Oh, man. Just the wackiest shit you can imagine. Uh, imagine. Imagine. Yeah. Just imagine. <laughs> uh, I feel like Daniel Radcliffe would be a good John Lennon. Okay. Yeah, like, I can see it. Like I can 10 see years it. ago. I've de- there's definitely like an edit of Harry Potter almost like superimposed over John Lennon or something <laughs> yeah. where it's like, yeah, I can see that. I only have like old references for actors, so like I'm gonna go with like <laughs> I don't know se- people's names now. Yeah, I'm gonna go with '70s Michael Caine for something. Okay, just put him in the studio. He could yeah. be George Martin, actually. He'd be a good George Martin. It's He's like a good show. Alfred type. <laughs> Who would be Paul? He has a very distinct face. There aren't a lot of actors that look like Paul McCartney. I bet they could do like like a Kate Blanchett as Bob Dylan thing <laughs> yeah. where like do a gender swap for Paul. <laughs> that would be good. And then they could just lean they into the gay relationship. They should just gender swap the whole Beatles. Yeah, they should. And lean into the gay relationships more. <laughs> they should just make a Beatles movie that's like as wacky as like the actual Beatles movies. Yeah. Instead of trying to make like a... I've never know. watched any of them all the way through so I gotta do that. I feel like I've only seen A Hard Day's Night all the way through. I liked what I saw from Help. Wait, no, Hard Day's Night. That one has like, yeah, all of the tracks from Hard Day's Night. Yeah. The whole movie they're just getting, I think, is just them trying to escape a mob of teenage girls. That's a good premise for, <laughs> for uh, that. Magical Mystery Tour is pretty sick, but there's no actual plot. It's really just like they kind of like wanted to make music videos before music videos were yeah. like a widespread thing. Yeah. And it's really cool because a lot of that shit is really, really trippy. Yeah, I remember seeing um, the video for If I Fell, 
and that was very influential to me actually oh nice i remember they were in that uh was that a hard day's night where they had that like loft or duplex house where they were all like came out of the same the same apartment structure together and they had like the different i think that's right yeah yeah yeah. implying that they actually lived together yeah no i like that a lot it's very wacky i want to do shit like that that's like the kind of videos i want to be doing I feel like I'm kind of doing them like in my own respects with like the budget limitations, but like when the money comes in, it's gonna it's gonna get wacky. Hell yeah! So I mean, so what have you? Because one thing I love about your music is that like whenever you hit me up with something new, I'm like I have no idea what to expect really. <laughs> yeah. Like in a in a really excitable way. Uh, so I mean, is there anything that you've been working on recently that like? Like, what kind of directions have you been going down? So, I think I sent you the instrumental project, right? Like, the beat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's something I'm putting out very soon. I'm working with a couple of different entities to make sure I get it seen by as many people as possible. I have this other project that is all the beats that I put out videos for over the past two years. It's kind of like season one, in quotes, of that. And yeah, like the the shit of me in the woods, that'll be on it. So that's gonna come out soon. Yeah, I don't want to say too much because I'm excited for it. Yeah, just, that's that's fair. To just hit. <laughs> um, and then like recently, I put a band together. We've been practicing here a lot, and that's more of those tracks that I've showed you. On the record, they sound like very bouncy and polished, but like when we play it, it's like noise, funk, rock, new metal. Okay. It goes in a lot of different directions. We all have different influences, but kind of just like wrapped around the same like Primus, shellac, weird, uh, heavy, funky energy. And I'm trying to recontextualize that with 70s funk and just pull that all back together because all those people were influenced by like 70s funk. Yeah, yeah. I feel like shellac's an underrated band. Yeah, definitely underrated. Uh, Steve Albini, very interesting guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of conflicting ideas about Steve <laughs> Albini, but his sonic textures are like very good. Yeah. But culturally, he fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. I, I love when there's sort of like a, a difference between like the studio version and the live version where you like try to find like a different energy yeah because like like with the beatles sometimes you can't like always recreate you know the same studio sounds right i think for a long time i fixated on that and after a while i just kind of rejected it and i looked to people that i looked up to like nine inch nails and i would see videos of like how they perform songs differently and it's like oh you can just get the same energy or a completely different energy by doing making these decisions while translating it to live. Yeah. And yeah, I, I found a couple of people who are really good at translating that. And we have like similar interests. So like when they hear something, they'll just kind of just do it on their own. And I'll be like, fuck, I was thinking that, but you just did it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I don't want to rush into it. And thankfully we have the luxury of time yeah. because of COVID. Like shows are uh, in a weird place. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I got a bunch of shows in, in the time that I felt comfortable doing it. Yeah. Yeah. That's 
How many shows did I see this year? I don't think I saw too many. I didn't keep I track. Even, yeah, I, I couldn't keep track. I didn't get too picky. I was just like, whatever. This is awesome. <laughs> right. I think I saw like a Van Buren show. Like the the show right next to the ink block under the highway. Oh, okay. That was like. Oh, I still haven't been to ink block. They covered the orca. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, under the bridge is interesting. I didn't expect there to be like good sound at all. Yeah, I know um, there was like a, a techno festival over the summer that was like a day fest that um, like a local techno booker does. Yeah, but I was out of town that weekend, but it, it seems like a good place for techno. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm interested to see what they do uh, further with that space. Yeah, that project, though, to wrap back around to that, the instrumental one is going to be called Dual Shock. Dual Shock. Yeah. All right. I think that's going to be like a series that I do from now on. Like the more I put out like videos, I'm just going to store them up and put the projects out later. Hell yeah. As Dual Shock, the series. 
We have some merch coming out too, though. So like that'll be interesting. Secret only to the listeners to this podcast. Ooh. It'll be announced yep. soon. Pre-order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll be ro- rolling that out soon. I worked, uh, I connected with Newberry Comics on them. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. They've been doing a really good job of like promoting local artists recently. Yeah. Seriously. The past couple years. Yeah. They're really good about it. I fuck with Carl a lot. Carl Mello. He's, he's the man. I got a Camp Blood pin from Newberry. Yeah. From the one in Harvard Square. Yeah, the little enamel pens. I want to yeah, make yeah. more of those. I have a logo that I want to put out with them. I sample Coldplay. Oh, yeah. I can play that for you real quick off of the phone. Hell, yeah. Uh, what what song? I sampled uh, Trouble. Oh, nice. I did nice. a video for it. I found that sampling Coldplay is easier than sampling Radiohead. Wouldn't you know? Hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think I've tried either. Yeah. I made that beat for... I don't know if I can say legally, so it still might be under NDA, but a very popular pop star. Okay. And like they didn't take it, so I'm just gonna post it. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, that, I love that. I I always like your guitar playing, and like not just the playing, but like, I feel like every time I hear a guitar on one of your tracks, I'm like, no, nah, that was like the right tone <laughs> for this. Thank like, you. Uh, like yeah, the you're selection and like tones and like production choices on specifically a lot of things but specifically guitar i'm always down for thank you i'm very picky about it yeah yeah i just bought a uh a new amp the other day just based on the tone um it's like a fender deluxe but the way that i uh no it's a blues deluxe yeah and uh the cream of wheat deluxe actually is really weird (laughs) like i went in a guitar center for strings and I asked, do you have any like blues deluxes? Because I like the tweed mm-hmm. look. It, I feel like it would fit my outfits nice. Um, and he was like, no, we got this limited edition cream of wheat Fender Deluxe. And I was like, what did you just say to me? <laughs> it's like, fucking is weird. It, is it like cream white? It's like cum colored, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little uncomfortable, but I'm going to take it. It's cheap. <laughs> and it sounds great. So, yeah, I'm going to be playing with that. That with my Gretsch just sounds really like nice. It has like a good body to it, but I can dial in the tone to wherever I need it. Mm-hmm. It has a good low end. I like that. It's cool to like play around with the guitars here too. They have this like baby Gibson, like this short scale Gibson. Okay. That one I was just playing, yeah, the tiny blue one, and that's a good tone is to it, it too. Significantly lighter than a. Um, like is it like a? I, I didn't get a look. It was so. Is it like a mini Les Paul kind of? Uh, yeah. Um, is it a Les Paul? It's like some other shit. Kinda. I don't know that oh, much yeah. about guitars. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's a, like a Les Paul with like the cutoff. Yeah. Uh, on the fretboard. Yeah. So is it like lighter than a Les Paul? It's just shorter. Cause, okay. Yeah. Because those are fucking heavy as shit. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I like Gretsch's more than Gibson's though. I hear Gretsch is, is really good. Yeah. I don't think I've ever played one, but like... The first one I got was a like a Fender Strat. Nice. But I always really wanted like a Telecaster. Telecasters are nice. There's an interesting one over there called a Telesonic. It's like a little beefier. Mm-hmm. It's fun to play. Um, I always wanted a Thin Line because that's like the shoegaze guitar. Oh, yeah. A yeah. semi hollow body one. But um, I feel like I kind of grew out of that. I haven't played in a band since I was in a sort of shoegaze band. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was like we were playing like 
shoegaze, but there was like a like a country blues tinge. And now I hear bands who are doing that. Yep. And like this really sick band, like Wednesday, who kind of sounds familiar. Um, yeah, they kind of mix like shoegaze, emo, and like country in a really interesting way. That's cool. And they're fucking sick. And I'm like, oh, but we were doing that. You were doing should, that. We should have just kept doing that. Yep. yep. What happened was like none of us had basements anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the last time we ha- one of us had a basement, there was a flood down there. Oh, and it shit. like fucked up like not my amp, but like all the other amps. Oh. For some reason, my amp was spared. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. But it fucked up. I had the... Uh, uh, one of the first pedals I got when I was a teenager and started playing was the Jimi Hendrix pedal. Which one is that? It was, uh, let me look up what, which company it is. But yeah, it just had like all the, it had a bunch of presets that were like specific tones from specific Jimi Hendrix songs. Mm-hmm. But you could get some really cool like warbly sounds. Hell yeah. Uh, a lot of good wah. It was really fun for for shoegaze. I can imagine. stuff. I've always wanted to do like shoegaze R&B, like 90s R&B, but shoegaze. I feel like there's a good cross section there between the tones and like the harmonies that they were using. Yeah. And both. I think I remember seeing a tweet you had posted to that effect. And I yeah. was like, I'm going to bookmark this and yeah. I'll revisit this later. <laughs> I've been thinking about it for years. It'll come together. It's going to happen. But yeah, over the year, I kind of fell off on guitar over the years. I practice like piano a little bit now, but mm-hmm. actually been very busy with work and haven't practiced in a little bit, which now that I'm realizing that makes me a little sad. Yeah, no, I definitely feel that. I haven't been practicing enough. I noticed that the other day. Um, now I've just been trying to like wake up and do exercises for like at least five minutes every day. But I also like don't necessarily have intent to release. I'm just kind of like, I just want to make something that's fun in case I ever like start DJing again I kind of just want to like be able to have a set that's just like my stuff yeah you can build the uh, set now yeah yeah As, like in whatever pace you want to yeah that's I feel like that's how I'm treating the band right now like we're we're tightening up together but we're taking it slow like I feel like I've been doing that with like everything in my life like every kind of relationship or like project I'm just taking it slow and very clear-headed yeah because we have the space to like fucking world is burning <laughs> yeah so and we have to be inside anyway mm-hmm. or well we don't have to be it's just probably a good idea you should probably be inside <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah just just chill for a little bit everything's frozen i wish yeah like but you know like i have to go to home depot yeah you know like i have to i was just in there the other day <laughs> getting a dollar if i'm not slapping bags of mulch like <laughs> what the fuck is this all for but yeah. I, no, that was like the attitude I felt from like other people in like April 2020 when they were like, what am I, what can I do at home? Like, what am I doing? I hate my kids, it turns out. Yep. <laughs> Should never yep. have had yep. these kids. My dog is obsessed with me. <laughs> Will not leave. <laughs> Dogs must have been so happy. Just, yeah. Everyone's home all the time. Cats pissed. Yep. Cats are like, why are you still here? <laughs> this is my time to sit why are you in, in my the house? sun. Why Right. you pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> you're not feeding me yeah. while you're here. Cats are interesting. Oh, cats are amazing. <laughs> My favorite thing is just seeing how fun a cat is having while it's killing something. <laughs> something. It's like, damn, you really love killing, huh? 
He's like, I've thought about killing you while you're asleep, but then who will open the the cans of food? So yeah. you're lucky, you know. All right. But watch yourself. Who will leave the door open so I can walk in and out? <laughs> yeah, I had this cat who would just, like, grab the bottom of the door and rock oh. it back and forth. If oh, it was yeah. I um, <laughs> cat sat for some friends once, and they had, like, two very young cats but if i would go into the bathroom and like sit on the toilet they would like stick their hands under the door like a horror movie type <laughs> yeah. and, like, yeah. and like try to play with my feet and i'm like no i'm pooping <laughs> yeah pooping. leave me alone yeah no boundaries <laughs> yeah we got to set up some rules here uh i don't i don't do that when you are pooping you know, I don't come into that right. room and, and I'm like, I'm not just like, gonna put, rock stick my foot in your litter box. <laughs> and I'm just like, hey, <laughs> I'm just going to stick a toe the in litter box chin. that you miss. Uh, <laughs> like these cats were adorable, but I saw like I saw it one one of them once and it was like up on the edge of the litter box ass like on on the outside uh, face and just, just shit on my of the box. <laughs> <laughs> like it did it got up on the litter box and like didn't make an effort to go in at all or like uh, angle its ass you know in the right direction. And it just looked at me and shit on my floor. (laughs) (laughs) And it wasn't even in, like, an aggressive way. Like, what are you going to do about it? It was just, like, it was confused. And, like, you know, know, it didn't didn't know how to go potty yet fully. (laughs) Right. It's too young. It's like, I'm here at the litter box. I'm close enough. It's like if a toddler shits his pants in the bathroom, it's like, well, you were... You were so close. The right here. Like, yeah. we just got to <laughs> get you over that edge. That was part one of my interview with Hassan Barclay. Next week, I'll release part two. Uh, also, I think part two might be the funnier part. So, like, if if you thought that this part was funny, next week will be better. Uh, like, we got even more in store for you. Like, it's it's hard for me to remember like what ended up in each episode, but <laughs> um, yeah, uh, next week I think is funnier. But yeah, no, I want to thank Hassan Barclay for sitting down with me. I just want to shout out. So the songs that you're hearing across these two episodes are the songs from uh, his upcoming project, Dual Shock, which he talks about in, in one of these episodes. 
so I had exactly across these two episodes, I had exactly five breaks where I could put music in each episode. So 10 breaks total. And there's 10 tracks. So you're just going to hear, if you listen straight through, you're just going to hear the tracks from that project in order. But I just want to shout out the names of the five that you heard in this, in this episode. And they are New Jack, Crushin', Streets of Rage, Queen of Atlanta, and New Mission. Anyway, that's all we have for this week. Season two premiere in the bag. but. This saga, much like one of those long, drawn-out Dragon Ball Z-type shits, this saga is not over. Tune in next week, where I go toe-to-toe with Hassan Barclay. We have a fucking... We have a fucking DBZ battle. I morph into, like, four or five different unique versions. Like, Cell, he, he comes through, like, fucking... Like, Trunks from the future... Shit, shit's gonna get crazy you don't want to miss it uh anyway tune in next week bye